Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick. And today we're bringing you a special conversation with another host in our network. That's right. We're going to be talking to Katie Golden. She's the host of Creature Feature. And uh, yeah, this is just a fun opportunity for us to support a new science show in our general network uh, and chat with just a, a very knowledgeable host. Yeah, Creature Feature is a, is a great new show. Katie knows a lot about animals and biology and evolution and psychology. And uh, and so we, we wanted our listeners to go check out that show, get into that too. I think it'll be right up your alley. Yeah, she chats with guests about, uh, you know, cu- curious uh, tidbits uh, regarding uh, uh, animal biology, animal behavior, and it publishes every Wednesday. It was kind of sandwiched in between Stuff to Blow Your Mind episodes like that. Right. For all those people who are like, where can I get more leeches and bat sex between my two weekly uh, episodes of Stuff to Blow Your Mind, this is where you go. All right. We're, we're going to play a trailer before we jump into our interview with Katie. Uh, and I also just want to let everybody know if you want to check this out uh, online, the website for Creature Feature is creaturefeaturepod.com. All right. Let's have a listen to that trailer. Humanity has spent a long time distancing ourselves from the animal kingdom. We wear clothes over our nakedness, use the stock market, and go to the bathroom in specially designated areas. 
But if you take a closer look at the animal kingdom, you'll find bloodbaths and treachery that make Game of Thrones seem like a dumb show for babies. I'm Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology at Harvard, and I pretend to be a bird on Twitter. And my new podcast, Creature Feature, brings you tales of love, murder, sex, betrayal, and deception in the lives of both animals and humans. We ask the questions, what is going on in the brains of people who suffer the delusion that they're a living corpse? How does a romantic relationship work out between a man and a car? What do you do when you find out your lover wants to move in to your body? On Creature Feature, we view nature and man from a new perspective, Each episode asking a comedian to get inside the minds of animals so we can explore the startling connections to human psychology. Join us every Wednesday starting on Halloween and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your sick auditory kicks. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, have a chat with Katie Golden, host of Creature Feature. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. Hey, great to be here. Could you introduce yourself to the uh, audience out there? Yeah, so I'm Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology at Harvard, and I run the Twitter account Pro Bird Rights, where I pretend to be a bird activist. And I host the new show from How Stuff Works called Creature Feature, where we take a uh, an animal's eye view at human behavior and a human's eye view looking at animal behavior. So I love this particular angle because, yeah, we can't help but uh, but look at the animal world. And we, on one level, we can't help but see them as, as little or large versions of ourselves. And then we can freak out a bit when they do something that is totally inhuman. Yeah, I just think it's it's interesting because there's either the tendency to either over-anthropomorphize or under-anthropomorphize. So um, we'll see an animal behavior that we think, oh, they're feeling a certain way. Like um, if an insect is uh, is stalking something like like the bull spider likes to capture its prey by swinging a piece of of its web with this sticky bolus on the end, which is like this this uh, bulb that uh, you know it's it's fashioned after. It's kind of like that weapon, which is like a string with those two heavy weights, and then you swing it and you capture your prey, and then that's what the bolus spider does. So when you're watching him do that, you're thinking, oh, he's thinking, oh, here we go, gonna try to get this fly, and oh shoot, I missed, <laughs> and then he looks disappointed. But of course, it's a spider, so it's very unlikely it feels things like disappointment. But on the other hand, I feel like uh, more intelligent animals, like especially dogs um, who have co-evolved with us and chimpanzees and other primates and uh, uh, sea mammals that are pretty complex, do actually feel um, emotions. And it, it, it is reasonable to attribute human-esque feelings to them. And uh, so I think that's really interesting. I think one of the reasons that the whole uh, like human pretending to be an animal on Twitter, one of the reasons that is so interesting is because it tends to tell us more about like humans and the nature of social media than it does about animals. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so one thing is 
I find birds to be innately funny because they seem so self-absorbed. If you watch them, <laughs> I used to own a couple of parakeets. I've been an avid bird watcher since I was a toddler, really. My mom used to say I would chase birds and get really disappointed because they wouldn't make friends with me. So I've always had an interest in birds. And they just, they're, they the way they carry themselves is like, it's with such arrogance and with such self-confidence and the little head bob that they do and the preening and the fluffing up. And uh, I feel like they kind of, I think when our relationship with social media is at times really great, it can be used for wonderful things, but often it's very egotistical, very self-indulgent. And so that's why I feel like a bird is a great character to have on Twitter and social media because that like self-preening just comes so naturally to birds. And it's really fun to explore the kinds of self-centeredness that I think we we all have to a certain extent where everything is about us. We're uncomfortable when we're talking about things that aren't about us. And uh, so it's it's just fun to explore that from a little a cute little bird. Another thing I love about um, human contemplations of the animal, uh, it comes down to these sort of folk ideas that we have uh, about, like, say, what, what certainly what our pets are, but also regarding uh, things like the squirrel. Uh, this was something that we we talked about on on our show recently about uh, getting down into the uh, the meat eating habits of the of the squirrel and also some of the ideas about squirrel predation about not just eating uh, uh, you know not just scavenging for meat but actively pursuing prey at least in certain certain circumstances and it really throws our sort of folk mentality for what this animal is out the window and and we either have to embrace or run from this this new idea that the science gives us. Yeah, so that's really interesting. Um, When I was in school, I did this study that made me seem really weird amongst my peers because uh, what we had to do is go out there with our clipboards and study the squirrels on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're just sitting there watching a squirrel eating nuts for hours. (laughs) Um, And one thing, they're so highly programmed to get maximum calories. So if they find a nut that has a hole in it, they're going to eat it immediately because they have figured out uh, that that hole means that there's a larva in there for a a type of moth that if they just bury it, that larva is going to eat the meat of the nut. uh, And if they eat it now, they get that extra protein that the, the meat of the insect uh, in addition to the meat of the acorn, but if they bury it, they don't get anything. So they've learned to hedge their bets there and eat it immediately. Whereas pristine nuts, they uh, will bury and save for later. So uh, they're extremely opportunistic, and um, I, I don't find it surprising that they actively go after meat because they're just so, they're they require so much caloric intake that they will. Do what they can, and I think that's kind of an interesting. Um, I mean, it's this is not they aren't actually the link evolutionarily, but you can kind of see how that sort of shrew-like mammal can be a link. But from uh, herbivore and insectivore to uh, the omnivorous um, mammals that that are like badgers and uh, ferrets and so on that that can evolve from those more harmless seeming mammals. Oh, absolutely. 
I love how the the squirrel carnivory and squirrel predation thing reveals that there's just, like people think. I mean, people in places where squirrels are common think they know everything there is to know about squirrels just by looking out the back window or something because you, you see them all the time. And then when you suddenly become aware that they're doing these bloody things, uh, not all the time, but sometimes they're doing these bloody things that you had no idea about, it sort of makes you realize that, that there's so much to nature that you are completely blind to even when you think you're looking at it a lot. Yeah, it's sort of that weird shock moment you get when you see like a heron with a rabbit or a, a mammal like in its mouth mm-hmm. and you're like, whoa, that bird is – because, like, we think of – when we think of birds of prey, we think of raptors. So hawks, eagles, ospreys, the ones with the – you know, the menacing-looking ones. Herons look beautiful and elegant like, you know, these these exquisite pretty creatures. But they'll, they'll eat a gopher for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were talking about the example. It's, it's in one of the David Attenborough documentaries of the, these horrible – Sites of uh, pelicans just gobbling up baby birds, just cramming oh. <laughs> them into their beaks and their little wings and feet sticking out all over the place. Eating them like popcorn. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – they'll. yeah, I mean they got a lot of space in those beaks. Might as well fill it up with baby birds. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it, especially these these uh, acts of predation, they do come down to the, the the raw economy of of life. I mean, you, you see it especially in uh, examples of say cannibalism, um, and uh, and also uh, we've talked a bit about this on the show with uh, coprophagia, uh, the, the consumption yeah. of uh, of poop, uh, which of yeah. which once you boil away boil it down, you take away so many of the human complications associated with the topic, you're like, well, that makes sense for an animal. Yeah, you're you're being efficient. You're recycling food, digesting it, and then saving it. So a lot for a lot of animals, it's also like the special poops that aren't really yes. poop. They're mm-hmm. like food poop. Yeah. Uh, specifically, like in guinea pigs and wombats and stuff, they make the little food poops. Yeah, the, the night um, poops. Yeah. 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 And also with the cannibalism, I think it can be really counterintuitive. So like filial cannibalism um, may seem like, well, why would you do that? You're you're going to be an evolutionary dead end. Uh, but with fish, um, when they practice uh, eating their own babies, um, they're actually picking out the ones that are the least fit, so the slowest to develop. And then that way they can spend all their time investing in the baby fish that are most likely to mature to adulthood. So they're um, they're both benefiting from the extra nutrition from eating their babies and then also the time um, focused on uh, the most likely to succeed. So it's this very cruel capitalist, uh, like economic um, cost-benefits analysis that these fish do. They don't really have any sentiment for their own offspring. Going all in on the best ones. Exactly, yeah. Doesn't help that they're called fries, which sounds delicious. <laughs> Baby fish are called fries. <laughs> so, uh, so just yesterday, I was listening to uh, a couple recent episodes of your show, which I, I, I must say I really enjoyed. Uh, I was listening to the ones about animals who are worst at sex, and uh, <laughs> there, there was one that we've talked about on the show before that I really thought might come up, but but uh, y'all didn't mention, and it's the the male nursery web spider. Do you, do you know about this one? 
Tell me a little more about it. The it's the one that so they bring nuptial gifts. Uh, the in order yes. to yeah to woo the female spiders, the males bring like a package that's supposed to be mm-hmm. a food item wrapped in silk. But the the yeah. way that the bad gift giving comes in is that a lot of them try to pass off a insect husk that they have already drained yeah. of all the delicious <laughs> fluids, or, or they like just a little. Or like a little twig. Yeah, yeah, just like nothing. And they're, they're trying to cheat. And I, the, such dirt bags. It's, yeah, so I've actually, I, I have heard of this and I've done a little bit of reading about it. And it's it's so interesting because they'll do a really elaborate wrapping job. So it's as if someone yes. hands you this beautifully wrapped gift with bows and ribbons and spangles. And then uh, it takes you like you it takes you a long time to unwrap it. And as you're unwrapping it, they're like making the moves on you. Uh-huh. And like by the time you open the gift and it's like a rock, they've already copulated with you. And then you're like, hey, get back here. But then they're, they're running off laughing. I think we did read a study. I Just uh, off my memory, I think we read a study when we talked about this that uh, found that the ones who brought bad gifts were more likely to be the victims of sexual cannibalism afterwards. That's right. So like, I mean, it makes sense too. So if you've brought a you're you're taking a big risk there because while you are getting rid of the cost of hunting for a piece of food um once they open it and nothing's there they're going to go to prey mode because or or predator mode because they don't have a snack so you know they're like oh hey well there's a snack over there that was just having sex with me so I'll eat that <laughs> uh do you do you have a favorite example that you want to uh Tell uh, the stuff to blow your mind crowd about from the uh, bad at sex episode. Well, I think my favorite is um, the uh, the nudibranch uh, having uh, disposable uh, penises. Oh yes, because, um, it's really interesting. So uh, they will have a, they'll copulate, and then after copulation, they'll just shed their penis. Um, and oh, uh, by the way, nudibranches branches are these really interesting. They're, they look like um, uh, th- they're a marine animal that looks like a sort of beautiful snail or slug with all these colors, and <laughs> they're they're pretty neat looking. Um, and so uh, it'll once it sheds the penis, it grows one back within twenty four hours. Because it actually has this big coil of um, of genital material uh, inside of its body, and so it's like a fruit by the foot that just kind of like <laughs> um, uh, keeps coming out. And the reason it does this, it, it actually has a really good reason. So it's to basically ensure that when it copulates, it's give like it's all fresh. Um, uh, sperm material, so it's all its own sperm material, and it, it's able to. Um, it, it's like decreases the chance that it's going to get uh, sperm from a previous copulation with the uh, other nudibranch on its penis, and then if it sheds it and puts a new one in, then it's like guaranteed that that this is going to be all its own genetic material. And it's like the Lysol wipe uh, method of mating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking uh, when I was listening to that of like those uh, things where you tear a ticket off at the at the deli counter or something. 
Number 42. Servicing number 42. <laughs> These are beautiful creatures, though. I was just looking at images of them. They look kind of like uh, 80s glam rock slugs. They really do. Um, they, they, And there's so many different kinds. Some of them look like dragons. Some of them look like a scrunchie from the 80s, like you were saying. They're, uh, they're beautiful animals. They're also hermaphrodites, so uh, they, they have the capability of having both uh, sexual organs, which is really interesting. All right. We need to take a quick break, but we will be right back with more of our conversation with Katie. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed a hundred thousand miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. If you haven't heard of Visible, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month. Taxes and fees included. Having a one-line plan means you only need you to save. No estranged roommates, exes, cousins twice removed, or AI-powered humanoid robots needed. And because $25 a month really means $25 a month, you can call, text, stream, whatever, as much as you want without worrying about getting dinged at the end of the month. No hidden fees, no surprises. No, really. It's like the old saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. So spread the word. Tell all your friends there's a wireless company out there with transparency in their name, and they're called Visible. 
Start saving on wireless today at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back. Now, on Creature Feature, it's, it's of course, not only just about animals. It's also about the, the guests that you have on to discuss uh, these animals. Uh, so each episode has a particular guest and a particular uh, theme or topic in place. How do you go about putting those two together? Like, which comes first, uh, the, the guest or the topic? Well, so I'll write, it's usually the topic first, so I'll write my notes. And then I kind of try to think about guests who might fit best with that topic. So, for instance, I was really interested in looking at vices in um, uh in the animal world. So drug use, drinking, birds who get drunk, uh, animals who seek out natural highs. Um, And so the guest I chose, Robert Evans, has written a book on the history of vice, and he talks a little bit about the evolutionary history of uh, getting drunk. And uh, so he was perfect for that episode, also because he's tried out some really interesting drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, of course, is also the host of uh, Behind the Bastards. That's oh, right. Okay. That's right. It's a great podcast. Yeah, indeed. So earlier you mentioned uh, that when you were a child, you were not able to actually make friends with birds. And uh, <laughs> on the, the show, on Creature Feature, you interview humans. But if you could have one bird on the show as a guest and you could actually speak to that bird and ask mm. it questions, uh, which bird species would you choose? Oh, that's a really good question. I think uh, any species of parasitic birds, so cuckoos or cowbirds or honey guides, uh, because they're so sneaky. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, cuckoos will uh, lay their eggs in the nests of host species uh, and trick them into raising their own young. And they use a lot of different strategies like... Sometimes the baby chicks have voices that sound like a bunch of baby birds, so then the host species feels compelled to feed it way more food than they would normally feed a single baby bird. They also push out the babies from the nests um, and and will kill the host species' real babies. Um, And sometimes the cuckoo parents will disguise themselves as raptors, so have the uh, have stripes on their bellies and curved beaks that will look make them look like predatory birds. Um, and they're so devious that I feel like it would be, they would be really interesting to interview, like like interviewing 
a criminal or something where <laughs> yeah. it's just like, like, why, why do you do this? And, um, uh, like how, how could you? <laughs> <laughs> so like a hard hitting 60 minutes style. Interview. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Frost v. Nixon, like <laughs> me versus Birdston. <laughs> Like, why did they always keep going back into the prison to interview Charles Manson again? Like, is he going <laughs> to yeah. have something good to say this time? <laughs> yeah, like a true bird crime podcast. Where, oh, where, there you go. Yeah, like, like, why do you do these crimes, birds? <laughs> Stop it. So I, I've got another question along those lines. I, I assume you have the, the same kind of uh, – attitude in general toward animal life that we do, which is like we try not to have negative emotions about animal behaviors and and always just like have a sense of wonder about the natural world and, and positive feelings about animals, even when they do things that if humans did them, we would find them disgusting. But is there an animal that you find you, you can't separate your emotional reaction from? Like there's just some animal that you can't help but feel contempt for, even though you, you know you shouldn't? Yeah, so I think it's interesting because a lot of animals that normally you would feel disgust for, like spiders or even even things like parasitic wasps that are really disgusting, I'm, I'm too interested in to find truly disgusting. So uh, I think in all honesty, even though I understand that like that cockroaches and then other pests and, and things like parasites. So when my dog gets fleas or a tick or when she was a puppy, she had roundworm, as a lot of puppies have, the disgust I feel for those kinds of insects is too much for me to overcome because, well, I find parasites actually really fascinating when it's affecting my dog, who I love. You know, it's mm -hmm. I, I just feel so angry. So when I would capture a tick, I would be like cursing at it and and be like, you know, you, you messed up now, buddy, because <laughs> you messed with the wrong dog. Um, and it's really the only time that I, because like, I don't, I don't like to kill spiders that are in my house. So like I'll, I'll capture them and release them outside and, and give them like a little snack, a tiny sandwich to take with them because uh, <laughs> I care about them. But like Hell finding yeah. a tick, yeah, finding like fleas, I, I really get so angry that I, I have to kill them because it's like, how dare you hurt my dog? What did she ever do to you? Well, they're, these are the animals that are still the enemy. I mean, it's you, you yeah. can't look mosquitoes at Mosquitoes and ticks. Mosquitoes, ticks, yeah. things like guinea worm. I mean, these these Ugh. things are, are still enemies of humanity. If, if there's anything right. that truly deserves our hatred and contempt in the animal world, I think that's probably it. Yeah. I mean, like, I can't even, though, find my way to hating, like, rats because, uh, I mean, I'm afraid of them. I don't want them in my house. But once one got in my heating vent and, like, lived there for Oof. a while, and I kind of half-heartedly put some traps in there because mm -hmm. it's like, well, I can't have this rat in here, you know, pooping in my – and where the air comes in. But <laughs> – um, it and a trap went off, and I felt kind of like, uh huh, 
That's I'm sad. I'm I'm relieved, but sad. I feel bad that I killed a rat. And then I opened up the vent, and there was the trap with like a tuft of hair in it, and oh, the rat no. was nowhere to be found. <laughs> and I was like, at that point, I was like, I, you've deserved it, buddy. You've deserved <laughs> to survive. So I didn't mess with it anymore. Eventually, it went away, but it was just like you know, I just had this rat living in my vent. It's like, oh, there's Mister Wiggles doing his thing. I, I find that I have complex emotions regarding like rats and mice and, and so forth in our urban environments because I, 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 on one level I'm like you're rat you're not supposed to be here but then I have and by I I mean you know humans we've done so much to uh, unbalance the environment by building a house here by having all these uh, these these artificial food sources in the area uh, it's really on us that that they're here at all anyway yeah. uh, and so then I end up feeling guilty for for having to put out the traps, even though they're the ones that are breaking into my home. Right. It, it's not, to them, it's not our our homes. It's like this is their natural environment because they've uh, learned to, they've learned to survive in human environment. And that's so interesting because for most animals, when humans move in, they just die off or move out. And for the animals that can actually adapt to human society and thrive, we hate. We hate them for being mm-hmm. able to do that. We resent them for invading our spaces, even though, you know, if anything, we're the invaders that are encroaching on most animal territory and typically just wreaking havoc and wiping them out. And then we have these these scant few hero animals that are able to live with us. And then we're, we're, we have the gall to hate them for it. Yeah, hating a, hating a rat for getting into your pasta boxes or whatever is almost like hating a dog for loving you. you know, it's just like <laughs> it's what we made them do. Right, right. They co-evolved with us uh, over thousands and thousands of years, dogs and rats, and somehow rats are the bad guys. <laughs> you know, we actually talked about this in a couple of episodes we did um, earlier this year about the idea of urban evolution, ways that animals are adapting to urban landscapes. And there's a lot of fascinating stuff going on with animals in urban spaces, like uh, the idea that in some cases – uh, that urban spaces might be selecting for personality traits in animals like neophilia where like uh, a, raccoon, a raccoon has a better chance of surviving in a city if it's the kind of raccoon with a personality that wants to approach unfamiliar objects rather than regard them with caution. Yeah. Yeah, that's – it's very interesting because you can take a, an animal that is feral and over, you know, just – a few generations start to find surprisingly uh, tame traits. So there, you know, that experiment with um, the uh, silver foxes in Russia where uh, they were breeding them for, they're they're testing to see if they could uh, breed in these more tame traits. And um, over, I mean, it was like a, a couple of decades, but, uh, just a few, like several generations of these foxes, they would do the ones that had that neophilia where it's not that they were fearful of humans or aggressive towards humans, but sort of politely interested in humans. And then they kept uh, selecting those foxes. And then 
they started having patchy fur, like having spots and patches like dogs do on their coats. And then their the cartilage in their ears uh, became softer. And so they would have ears that would fold down uh, like in dogs. So it's really interesting to see how those tame characteristics that we see in dogs have some, there must be some shared genetic uh, links where some, the genes responsible for a more curious, tame personality can also be linked to something just superficial like ear cartilage. Uh, so I, I think that's really, I wonder if raccoons had enough generations of these tame, more curious raccoons, if they would start to, you know, like look cuter in some way. Like, oh, we actually hypothesized that in the episode. We were like, I, I really? wonder if over many generations, city-dwelling animals will tend to become cuter. Well, raccoons kind of have a leg up on the situation because they are already pretty cute. I mean, yeah. Have you seen the video of the raccoon trying to wash cotton candy? No. Yes. Oh, I it's seen so this. sad. Please just describe it's it. It's heartbreaking. It's the human condition. It's a modern day Sisyphus because the ra- the sorry, the raccoon has this piece of cotton candy it's given. And so because it's a raccoon and they like to wash their food because they're so fastidious that he went into the the river and tried to wash it and it dissolved and he's like what is this? What is this witchcraft? And <laughs> he gets a new piece of cotton candy, but does the same thing, and he doesn't learn. Oh, I know. Poor baby. So, Katie, uh, we t- again we talk a lot about biology on the show, and one of our favorite topics as well is is monsters, both in terms of the biological uh, hybridity that is often on display with them, and because no matter how bizarre the monster. Uh, no, no matter how weird the creature in a you know science fiction uh, uh, film happens to be, nature usually has it beat for weirdness. So we were wondering, do you have any favorite monsters or film or fiction that invoke real-world biology in some way, shape, or form? Mm. Yeah, actually I do. So uh, do you know that video game, The Last of Us? Oh, yeah. So they have the... I guess the the monsters in the game are the the people that have been infected with this zombie esque virus, um, but it's not. It's actually sorry, it's not a virus at all. Um, it's a fungus, so it's called Cordyceps in the game, and it's really cool because I think the game designers were paying attention to actual evolutionary biology because uh, Cordyceps is a type of fungus that does in fact infect the brains of insects. So in the game, this fungus uh, creates spores that you'll breathe in and it'll infect infect your brain, causing you to be aggressive. Um, and then some of the later monsters are have this like really creepy overgrowth of fungus just like sprouting out of their heads and growing over their bodies. Um, and in fact, like uh, cordyceps in real life, this fungus will uh, grow, sprout out of the heads of ants and other insects and cause them to kind of go a little kooky. So they uh, will uh, leave, the, they'll either be carried off by fellow ants who are like, uh-oh, this is a, this is a zombie ant. So they'll carry it off. And the, those ants that actually carry the infected ant will go on a suicide mission because they're like, well, 
we're going to get infected too. So we don't want to risk the rest of the colony, um, which is also very <laughs> kind of like a trope from um, zombie movies. Yes. Uh, yeah. But so the, the infected ant, once it's off on its own and it's in the final stages of this infection, it will uh, have this, this like instinct to, to climb up a, a, either a plant stalk or up a branch as high as it can and then cl- bite down on it, do this like death grip, a literal death grip because it dies and then the fungus sprouts out of its head and then it will produce spores that will spread and hopefully infect another insect. So it's controlled this insect to become like an incubator for more spores, just like in The in the Last of Us, which I, I think it's really one of my favorite I know it's a video game, but it's like, to me, beats a lot of the zombie movies or zombie genre because it's so cool and how carefully they constructed this zombie scenario. I, I'm not a big gamer, but I've played that game multiple times. I think it's really excellent, and I love the mythology there. It reminds me a little bit of a, of a 1963 Toho movie from Japan called Matango. Uh, not in a mm. way where I think there's actually any connective tissue between the films and I don't think Matango has a lot of science in it. But it's got mushroom monsters. It has mushroom monsters. And, like, the mushroom spores turn uh, humans into, like, into gradually more mushroomy creatures. Oh, that's interesting. That's so cool. One of the things that's so fascinating about stuff like the the cordyceps parasite, though, is the specificity of the behaviors that it generates. You know, like, you can imagine uh, very – it feels more natural to say, okay, you could get some kind of parasite that would have a very, very broad kind of effect on your behavior, like uh, maybe the way. Uh, oh, what's uh, the, the toxoplasma one? Mm-hmm. The idea yes. that yeah. it that it uh, toxoplasma toxoplasma gandhi, I think it's called, that it uh, it reduces the uh, the fear and caution and inhibitions in mice, so that they're more likely to go out and be eaten by a cat, and it increases their attraction to the what the smell of cat urine or yes. something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lesion uh, between the parts of the brain responsible for arousal and uh, fear, yeah. and so it it it's like it, it actually rewires their brains, so they associate that that fear response from the smell of cat urine with a arousal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like the uh, the excitation part of anxiety without the being repelled part of anxiety. Right. Uh, right. But, uh, but that's easier for me to just internalize and understand because it seems like that's actually a very broad and kind of easy change to make to the brain in a way. It's fascinating the specificity of the ant behaviors that are created by the parasite in the case of cordyceps. Yeah, and there's other other um, examples of that. So the parasitoid wasp will infect orb weaver spiders um, with their larvae. So the 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 wasp will attack the orb weaver spider and then lay its larvae uh, either. Uh, inside of the the spider or just on top of the spider and it clings to the spider. And um, it makes it do what seems like this really specific behavior. So instead of weaving its normal pretty web, it will start weaving like this cocoon, an extra strong cocoon that will eventually become sort of this cradle for the parasite's offspring 
um, so that it can be, it can safely develop and kind of in to twist the knife, the, the larva will eventually eat the host spider and just discard its carcass. Uh, and so it's, it's really interesting because it's hard to imagine how is this larva controlling the brain of this spider so that it weaves its it, it a cocoon that seems so specific, so detailed. And what researchers have found is it, it there's a hormone, a chemical that the larva produces that is actually associated with the orb weaver's spider's one of its molting stages. So when it's molting, it wants to create a cocoon uh, made out of these, especially strong fibers, and they're also um, they they uh, have this sort of ultraviolet uh, light, so that other insects won't fly into it while it's molting, uh, and that protects it when it's vulnerable. So it hi- the larva hijacks the orb weaver and makes it think it's molting, but it's even stronger than. Um, normally, so it's like it, it's pumping it full of this chemical that it, it's almost goes into this super molting stage where it creates an extra safe and protective cocoon that eventually the parasite will use uh, at the expense of the poor little spider. That's fascinating. I, I guess what it really means is that a lot of the behaviors we think of as very specific and very complex are actually just much easier to trigger by exploiting existing hormones and circuitry and stuff than we would think. Yeah, and I think that's why you find it in insects so much because they have, while they do have very complex behavior, their brains are a great deal smaller and I think easier to uh, reprogram. And I mean the same thing with uh, rats. I I think that it would be a lot more difficult, say, to reprogram a primate to do a very specific behavior. Although you you could argue that with rabies, the yeah. some of the mm-hmm. behaviors like aggression and excessive drooling and hydrophobia are all uh, beneficial for the rabies virus to spread. So so you know it, it is it can happen. All right, hold that thought because we're going to take a quick break and be right back with more of this interview. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. If you haven't heard of Visible, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. 
Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. Having a one-line plan means you only need you to save. No estranged roommates, exes, cousins twice removed, or AI-powered humanoid robots needed. And because $25 a month really means $25 a month, you can call, text, stream, whatever, as much as you want without worrying about getting dinged at the end of the month. No hidden fees, no surprises. No, really. It's like the old saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. So spread the word. Tell all your friends there's a wireless company out there with transparency in their name, and they're called Visible. Start saving on wireless today at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Okay, we're back. All right, Katie, one question that we we have frequently asked guests on the show, especially if they have any uh, uh, interest in biology at all, is, uh, is this. Uh, what is your favorite dinosaur or prehistoric creature? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I would have to say Archaeopteryx because mm. it's the predecessor to birds. <laughs> it's uh, that that first gliding dinosaur that, uh, and it's so it's really interesting to see that transition from um, the the kind of raptor-esque dinosaurs that had no no interest, no need to fly. And then the, the Archaeopteryx was, did, couldn't fly exactly, but it did glide. So it would kind of climb up a tree and then really clumsily glide from one tree to the other. And I, I just think that's, it's so cool to me how flight has independently evolved uh, in so many different species that you just never expect. So, uh you have flying squirrels, which is sort of like the Archaeopteryx of animals because they they do the same thing where they kind of have uh, developed that gliding um, ability. And then uh, obviously there's also bats uh, who have developed that more, a little more um, uh, efficiently. And 
in insects, flight evolved from actually like their wings sprouted from their lungs tissue. And so you, you see like with dragonflies, their uh, wings are very close to where their, their gills and lungs are. And uh, it's, it's just, I find it so cool that dinosaurs just, you know, decided to become birds eventually. <laughs> uh, speaking of other versions of evolving gliding, we just recently talked about flying snakes, which, uh, which is fascinating the way that they can uh, flatten their bodies out yeah. into a concave shape to create that kind of wing that they undulate in the air to, to help uh, yeah. prolong their gliding period. Yeah, and that's so cool because they do have snakes have these really interesting muscle skeletal structures that allow them to contract their muscles and expand them in the act of swallowing food. So, well, I don't I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume that the that gliding those gliding snakes have kind of they use those same muscles that are so good at swallowing and pushing food down mm. uh, through their very long. Uh, trachea and, and bodies to digest, they, they can use that same, those same kinds of uh, structures to be able to flatten themselves and achieve the gliding structure. Do you, do you guys know if that's, that's the case? No, I didn't. I haven't read anything about that, but that's a very good point. I, I would l- assume that's probably true. It seems like it is. It's kind of, but I, I don't know for a fact. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of feathered dinosaurs, do do you also get worked up when you see dinosaur movies and there's not a feather to be found? Yes. Yeah, I, I think that – here's the thing is I think this is such a good opportunity mm-hmm. uh, now that we know. I'm fine with classics like Jurassic Park that the dinosaurs don't have feathers because we just didn't know back then. So, that's fine. But now we do know. And – People, I hear people say like, oh, it would look so stupid. And no. <laughs> I don't think so. No, exactly. Birds don't look stupid. They look amazing. So can you imagine like a uh, a raptor with fully feathered? It would look glorious. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, there's this habit of uh, artists who recreate animal images from fossils of doing what's called, I think it's called shrink wrapping, where you ignore, you don't know muscle and fat tissue precisely. So there's a tendency to uh, underestimate how plump something is and how fluffy it is. So, okay. uh, and uh, I've seen, there's this really cool image online where this artist made examples of it by uh, working backwards from like a swan skeleton to oh, create, oh yes, I've seen this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to create that like swan-like animal, as if as if the swan skeleton were a dinosaur fossil, and and what it would look like if it was interpreted in the way that dinosaurs are, and it's horrifying. <laughs> and swans are lovely, so I feel like we should be giving, you know, just giving. Real dinosaurs have curves, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that yeah, I never thought about that. It would even modern skeletons, but I I think we're all three totally on the same page. And I think even if you're not going to make them beautiful, if you're trying to make them terrifying, can you imagine? I I think that the predators would be more frightening if they were covered in feathers. I mean, oh, imagine yeah. being eaten by a giant bird. That makes even less sense than eaten by a lizard. Oh, I mean, I yeah. since since I was a kid, I've been I was always intrigued by these uh, paleo art illustrations of terror birds snatching up. Um, I forget the, the the scientific name, but the the dawn horses, the miniature prehistoric horses. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of this already large bird eating 
small horses uh, just filled me with dread. And uh, and I would love to see, well, like, where are the Terror Bird movies? It seems like like this is a, an untapped uh, uh, area of riches here. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like if you try to imagine lying on your stomach and looking up at, like, a chicken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> if you look at it from that perspective, it's actually kind of scary. They have those dead reptilian eyes, mm-hmm. sharp claws, and just this look of anger. There, there's a Werner Herzog quote about chickens about yes. how yeah, I've, I I can't from memory just do the exact quote, but it's something about how chickens are just so innately achingly stupid and mean. <laughs> he says when you when you look into the eyes of the chicken the the immensity of the stupidity is is breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you, you if you make Werner Herzog feel despair it's you've got something going on because right. that man is uh is a nihilist to end all nihilism. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Katie, do you have anything coming out soon on the show that we, we you specifically want people to watch out for and, and listen when it uh, when it hits the feed? Yeah, so I'm looking into evil in the animal and human world, and there's this really fascinating concept in criminal psychology called the dark tetrad. And I look <laughs> at the animals and humans that best exemplify this evil behavior and it's it's really cool it's it's actually kind of metal so i'm excited for it <laughs> and uh can you uh, remind all of our listeners here uh, where they can find creature feature when it publishes and where they can find you on social media yeah so it publishes every wednesday uh and you can find it on the iheart radio app spotify apple podcasts pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website is Creature Feature Pod. Our Twitter is Creature Feet Pod. Not feet as in, you know, animal feet, <laughs> but feet as in they have achieved a great feat. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it has been a delight to talk to you today, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so there you have it. Again, the show is Creature Feature. The host is Katie Golden. You can find them at CreatureFeaturePod.com. As for Stuff to Blow Your Mind, you can always find us at our mothership, StuffToBlowYourMind.com. That's where you'll find all the episodes of the podcast. You'll find links out to our various social media accounts. You'll find that cool store button at the top of the page. That's where you can go to our Public page and buy some cool merch with our logo on it, with our cool uh, Skug King of the Rats design or <laughs> our Cambrian Life logo or, of course, uh, All Hail the Great Basilisk. These are all fine uh, uh, purchases you can make especially, make, especially as we get into the holidays here. And it's a great way to support the show. And if you want to support the show in a way that doesn't cost you any money at all, simply rate and review us wherever you have the power to do so. So yeah, thanks again to Katie for joining us today. Big thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producers, Alex Williams and Tari Harrison. For uh, a way to get in touch with us, you could email us. Uh, You can email us ideas for new episodes. You can email us feedback on this episode or any other. You can just email us to say hi, let us know where you listen from, how you found out about the show, all that kind of stuff. At our account, blowthemind at howstuffworks.com. Com. 
For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.